It's back. The Utah Snowmobile Expo is this weekend. Scott and Hans will be there for Thursday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. with interviews from vendors featuring all the new machines and gear for this year. Don't miss this year's show at the Mountain America Expo Center in Sandy, brought to you by Spy Racing and Snow West Magazine. Time now to talk BYU football with the Cougar, former Cougar wide receiver, Dylan Colley. Dylan, good morning. Good morning, fellas. Dylan, did you learn anything watching that beating, or did that just confirm stuff you already knew? Uh, really just confirmed things that I already knew. Tough opponent to learn anything from. I thought that the uh, Texas State quarterback might have a chance of being a little more productive, especially in the way that they started, but uh, he quickly decided to leave the pocket every five seconds. So <laughs> that's really about all I learned. One of the things we've learned this season is Dax Mill is having a breakout year, and it's really it's, it's phenomenal to see when you consider his background. And it got me thinking, you know, your your when your brother got to speaking of Austin when he got to Provo, it's like by the third practice you're like, all right, I get it. I mean, this kid is he's got the attitude, he's got the hands, he's got the ability, he's got the size. It didn't take long for me to label him that he had the potential to be the best receiver in BYU history, and in my mind, I think he is. But then you got a whole bunch of other guys, which 95% of the guys go into that other category, right? So how does a receiver work his way into the rotation and work his way into being such an outstanding target when they bring in so many of them? Yeah, I mean, I think for both, you know, specifically Gunner and Dax, right? Because Gunner kind of came in that way where it was the expectation was so high. And we've, we've had that conversation before on kind of the, the pressure that that brings and uh, kind of the anomaly that it is to be <clears throat> the star, right, true freshman that everyone wants or expects you to be. Um, but with Dax and, and Gunner both, they really do have kind of a – they carry an athletic ability, right, naturally, that is, you know, a little bit more than what we've had in the past, especially from guys like them, right? Like, they are a bit taller. They're both above six one, um, And so between, you know, their natural athletic ability and their, you know, mechanics and everything that they do at the, the receiver position, I think the rest of it just comes down to hard work and, you know, one thing that Fessy is is very, very clear on is how to get on the field. There's probably four or five things that if you do these things, he's very good about following through, right, which a lot of coaches kind of struggle with. They'll say, hey, if you execute in practice, if you understand the playbook, if you make, you know, minimal mistakes, if you work hard and when the ball's in your hands, if you make plays, right, you're going to see the field. Um and that's something that both, you know, Gunner and, and Dax have done for a very long time. And we're kind of seeing the dividends paid uh, on that this year. So, <clears throat> PK loves football terms. We're going to throw out football cliches here. Are you ready? And one that Riley yep. Jensen throws at us all the time, catch radius. He loves that. The catch radius. Mm. Some guys, when you throw it to them, it's got to be in this little two-foot circle. It's got to come in over the shoulder, into the numbers, and if it's not there, they're not catching it. 
And other guys, yep. you could throw, you could draw like a 10-foot circle around them. They will go get the ball. They'll go get it when it's down at the anchor ankles. They'll get it when it's behind them. They'll get it when it's three feet over their head. They will go get the ball. There are a yep. lot of parents here dreaming that their son, who's a gremlin, is going to end up playing at BYU on ESPN, having the kind of season Dax Milne's having. If a wide receiver is going to get that, what do they have to do? What do they do to take that catch radius from two feet out to eight or ten feet? Yeah, I think all that comes down to the your mental capacity, right? Your mental capability and what you're willing to go up and get. Like if you, uh, uh, those types of guys, right, really don't fear anything. Like when you you understand that when you're playing, and you know whether you're. It doesn't happen near as much on the outside, right? But when you're kind of born and bred on the inside, you learn about linebackers and you learn about safeties. Um, And you can really see how someone's going to be, right, the first time that they get hit by a linebacker or safety. (laughs) And that's really what kind of expands your catch radius is your ability to say, you know, uh, if I'm running 100 miles an hour, it hurts a lot less getting smacked by a linebacker or safety. Um, and then, you know, the ability just – the athletic ability just to really go and get it. Uh, I don't think it has a lot to do with hand size. I don't think it has to do a lot with, you know, arm length or reach. It really has a lot to do with I'm willing, right, and I want those 50-50 balls. And when someone's not willing to get those and their catch radius is small, that's when they right get their football cliche nickname of 50-50, where it's like, yep, they're, you know, they might catch it. We're not sure, though. So how do you develop so that you're okay trust? Your, it, Go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm, I was just going to say, so if you, if you want your, you know, your kid to be that type of guy, you got to be okay with them getting a hit. So that – when you speak of if you're open by five feet, quarterback's going to throw you the ball, or else he's going to get benched, right? I mean, we all we all know yeah. that. But I'm interested to learn about that trust that you can establish with that quarterback when you speak of that fifty-fifty. So you're not so obviously wide open, but the dude throwing the ball knows if I throw it to him, if there's any way possible. He's coming down with it. And I'd imagine that's a good spot to be in for a receiver if the quarterback and the coaches think that that's the case. How do you get to that point as a receiver? Yeah, I think obviously a, a huge part, if if receivers could be a part of, you know, if practice could get broken up into one-on-ones, uh, seven-on-seven in team drills, right, and you did that for an hour and a half, and you did that for three days, you're going to know exactly who your guys are. Um, because, you know, it's very rare, especially later in the season, when you're going full go against your defense who sees you every single day, that this concept of, you know, being open by five feet, right, <laughs> is going to happen. And, like, simply what it comes down to is, uh, you know, people, quarterbacks will throw a football and you have people who say, ah, he, he really wasn't open. As a receiver, you need to know and understand that if you have a half a step, right, if you have a half a step on a defensive back, you better know that your quarterback, one, trusts you enough to believe that you're open in that situation, and you as a receiver better know, okay, I'm open, and I need to make the play on this ball. 
And so as a coach and as a quarterback, it's these types of plays in practice, right, in scrimmages, in games where, you know, you truly get to see, okay, this is, this is our guy. And the guys who are producing today at receiver are those guys. So as a former receiver, if you go to practice, if you're let in where the media isn't, how quickly can you look at you, you got a whole receiver group there, right? And they're they're going through their drills. Mm-hmm. How long does it take you to say he's got it, he doesn't, he doesn't, he does? Uh <laughs> probably less than five minutes. But that's also because right, like as all growing up, my dad was training receivers all around the country, right? Obviously, growing up in the home I did, uh, I was very, very observant. And so, like, that that's something – I mean, I've, I watched a lot of football and <laughs> learned from a lot of different people um, and played a lot of football. And so, you know, when it comes to the receiver position, I, I feel pretty good about walking into a practice, walking into a film room – and knowing, okay, I can pick out three or four guys that, you know, uh, have the ability to be a, a legit Division One athlete. Right. I mean, that's what I was saying. I was covering – I worked for the newspaper at the time covering BYU, so I'm down there, and then back at that point you can go and watch all the practices and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And it didn't take very long to realize that Collie kid uh, was all that. And plus you combine right. the attitude, and let's face it, he had attitude, and I don't mean that in a negative yeah. way. I mean that in a positive way. So how much of it is attitude to go along with the skill because collies have always had the attitude that they've needed to succeed? Yeah, and and that is especially, you know, at the receiver position. When you look at offensive skill positions, the attitude is a huge, huge part of it. Now, each attitude is going to be different, right? I think the middle of the field, you look at, uh, the offensive line and the and the running backs, right? It's the attitude of I'm stronger, I'm smarter, and I'm just going to get at you with brute force, right? At, on the outside, at receiver and then at quarterback, if you don't have a certain level of confidence in your ability, then you're you're not going to make it. And I, and I think you see that a lot as you get people who are phenomenal, right? All of fall camp, all of practice. Um, and, and even I, right. Like I fell into this, my, uh, the last half of my freshman year at Hawaii, right. Norm Chow got fired. We brought in an interim head coach, uh, my in going into my sophomore year, we switched coaches and my confidence was in the dumps, right? Like I was at Hawaii with, you know, the only reason I really went to Hawaii was because of Norm Chow. Right. And, uh, so to know that comfort was now gone, I was going to need to get to know new coaches, this whole thing, and kind of prove myself again, I wasn't in the best mindset. And it really did have an effect on the early parts of my season. Um, and then, you know, fast forward a year later, my junior year, it was like, okay, I'm, you know, the normal confident, my normal confident self. And, and that proved, right, that proved the best way. It's not like my skill set really changed. I continued to work in the same way that I did. I continued to have my same habits. The only thing that changed was I believed that I was the best receiver on the field at that time. And, you know, that is a huge part of, I think, specifically Dax's journey is 
when you see Dax, Dax is not, right, I think I had maybe four or five conversations with Dax uh, in the first three or four months that I was at BYU. And that wasn't because, right, I was avoiding him. Like, I saw him throw. We, I threw with him one time and was like, good night, this kid's legit. And, uh, you know, so he was, I knew he was the real deal. Um, but he's extremely quiet. Um, he's very observant. And the dude just, but, but he has this confidence that freaking just radiates. And you knew that he was going to be a player. And that's kind of shown through right today. So when you were listing all the things that got you on the field, I didn't hear anything about run blocking. Did you just happen to skip that, or do coaches not push that very hard, or does that depend on the coach? <laughs> no, I think a lot of that depends on the coach and, and the time. Uh, in our house, if you miss a, if you drop the ball and you missed a run block, right, or you didn't give 100% on your run blocks, it was very much, you can get that drop back, you can't get that run block back. If you weren't flying around going 100 miles an hour to get your blocks for your running backs, Scott Colley was going to have your head. That was probably the few times that I got yelled at after a football game. Um, I think there was twice specifically, from the time I was eight years old till I was a senior at BYU, there was two times that I got pretty... And my dad's not, right? He's not – every game my dad's he, – he's up in the corner. He's extremely quiet. Uh, he's not going to, you know, yell your name. He's not going to give you a go Dylan, right? <laughs> he's, he's just going to watch. And there was two times where after the game he just kind of asked me, like, hey, how would you play? And I'm like, oh, I mean, I played phenomenal. Like, <laughs> I had, you know, eight catches over 100 yards. And – he just stopped me and said, well, that's uh, it, completely wrong. You played awful, and that was like one of the worst efforts I've ever seen on this block and this block. Oh, man. Did, and, did you uh, learn that that was a I, setup when he asked you how you played? Or, or did he ask you that even after good games? Or it was always a setup? No. Always a setup. No questions asked. <laughs> so did you remember those times you didn't uh, make those blocks that you were supposed to? Oh, absolutely. Like I, uh, one time I was nine years old, I was playing quarterback and it was a, uh, like an option play. Uh-huh. And I, I pitched the ball and we had plenty of space. Right. But when I pitched it, I just stopped. And as soon as I came off the field, I kind of looked at him and I'm like, Oh yeah, I went for you know 12 yards or whatever. And immediately after the game, he's like, do you know why I gave you that look on that option? And I was like, uh, nope. <laughs> and he's like, because you stopped running. And then proceeded to lay into me for a good five minutes about effort and blocking. And that was like the first time I learned about it. And then in high school, sophomore year, homecoming game, I just, there was a, you know, uh, kind of similar to the deep ball, right? It, other guy catches the post. I'm on the opposite side. I've got angles to, you know, go set some screens so the guy can score. And I just stopped. Right. And that was an immediate after the game. Well, how'd you play? And I'm like, oh, geez. <laughs> going to bring that one up. <laughs> so. so this would have been before your time. I'm pretty sure trying to do math, which I should never do live on the radio because I screw it up. But I, I'm curious because a lot of what um, – 
I learned, and, and some of friends, both people who work in the business and people who are just football fans, learned from watching some of the old NFL films. They don't do it so much. NFL films has really changed. But they used to do stuff on the best athlete. And even if you didn't play after the sixth grade, you know, or what you, you could, yeah. even if you never played, you could learn a lot. And one thing I learned about run blocking as a wide receiver, because people would look at me and go, yeah, yeah, you're slow. You need to block here. <laughs> you're a lineman. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I was done with football. I was, I could play a couple of years of flag football and get out of there. Cause I, it was <laughs> never going to work for me, but, uh, I learned this and it was, um, and your dad may have showed it to you. Uh, there's a one, I think one player. I don't think that it's changed. I think there's one player who has two 90-yard touchdowns in the same game, and it's John Taylor from the Niners back in the '80s. And NFL Films uh-huh. did this thing about how he got. I think I don't remember which if it was the first or second one, but one of them because Jerry Rice ran 50 yards downfield to block somebody. Now Jerry Rice is the goat. Okay, he is a clear-cut yeah. goat in the way Wayne Gretzky is, and the way Jordan doesn't appear to be anymore because LeBron is at least in the conversation. Right? There's no one in the conversation with Jerry Rice. And here's Jerry Rice running 50, 60 yards downfield, throwing blocks at the yeah. 40 and the 30. More of a screen, actually, as you said. He wasn't decleating guys. But still, he made sure John right. Taylor got to the end zone and they got this big play. And I'm curious, do coaches, do coaches use video of pros, whether it's something from the current season or some all-timer? Like, this is how you throw a stiff arm. You know, if you're a running back, okay? Now, this stiff arm may have come from some guy 40 years ago, but you don't throw him any better than that stiff arm. Do, do people share that kind of video and dig that kind of stuff up for players? Oh, absolutely. I think, I think good coaches do, right? And I learned about what an extremely good receivers coach. I, I've loved, I've had phenomenal relationships with, you know, all of, all of my receivers coaches, Um from you know my freshman year at Hawaii, Luke Matthews, who was a former Utah Ute, um, and then you know obviously Fessy, who is an extremely good friend, and, and we talk on a regular basis. But I learned about what it meant to be a really good receivers coach uh, through Kefense Henson, who is the receivers coach now at Oregon State. And you talk about someone who was beyond brilliant. Like this dude is one of the most fascinating football minds I've ever been around. Um, it was consistently every single day he had games from 20 years, right? Mm -hmm. So he had 20 years of almost every single NFL football game that had been played. And every single day, if you had a, a question or if there was something on, Hey, how do we block this? Or how do we run this route? Right. He could pick out a game and a play in a matter of like five minutes and would have it up on the screen. And, and that to me is huge because that's how, you know, the kind of the imitation factor, right? Once you see it done and you realize, okay, this is how it needs to be done. This is how the professionals are doing it. You're able to kind of emulate that and work that into your game. Um, and, and that's a huge, huge asset to, to players from a coach's perspective. And, and that's really kind of what made him right. Uh, Hands down, in my in my personal belief, and after being around a lot of different receivers coaches and things like that, uh, Kevenstay Henson is probably top three best receivers coaches in the nation right now. 
Well, given that this wasn't a very competitive game to break down and the next one isn't very competitive to break down either, it was good to go to school in the old wide receiver class today. Thanks for coming on and, uh, and coaching hey. us up, Dylan. We appreciate it. My, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.